Well, they're calling it the new normal. I don't think there's anything normal about it. Uh, COVID-19 is affecting everyone in so many ways. And joining us yeah. on the line is psychoanalyst Peter Medor. Uh, Peter, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hi, John. Hi, Mel. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Peter, you have uh, uh, an office here in Collingwood. Uh, how have chain- things changed for your operation uh, in this COVID universe? Uh, sure. So, you know, I work with my clients individually, one-on-one, in person. So um, where where my practice is concerned, that's changed completely in that all of my sessions now have to uh, take place uh, over video. Um, and it changes the interaction that I get to have with my clients. But, you know, all in all, I think just like everybody else, I'm having to adapt. Um, and, you know, there's some growing pains in those sort of transitions, but we're, we're making the best of it. As a therapist, uh, you must be well aware of the challenges to uh, to everyone in these kind of conditions. What are what are some of the biggest concerns you have for for the general public in terms of mental health around this COVID nineteen? You know, I think what I can state pretty clearly is that it's not so much uh, a concern as it is letting folks know that all of the things that they're experiencing right now in terms of their anxiety. They're really normal, um, given the situation that we find ourselves in. Um, and, you know, what I'm finding is, is most helpful in, in this and in any concerns that people might be having is that I think what alleviates that for them has been having the opportunity to either talk to someone like myself, um, establishing some structure in their lives where, they, they still are able to reach out to family and friends and talk about what they're experiencing. So many of us are staying, obviously, we're, we're cooped up a lot more than uh, normal, and we're not necessarily seeking those social interactions or able to, obviously, staying mm-hmm. a distance from everyone. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that we are doing, um, maybe just with social media or even the news, like, are we, we adding that anxiety on top of ourselves? Is there anything we can do to kind of alleviate? I think what you're alluding to, right, is is uh, what kind of news sources are we reaching out for? What are we listening to? Um, and I think there's enough information out there and enough news out there that can really exacerbate all of the stress and anxiety that people would already be feeling. Um, I think it's really important that uh, we're creating some structure in our lives so that um, we're, we're, we're kind of policing what we're listening to and we're not getting caught up in in all of the all of the negatives of what's happening right now. Um, and they're easy to find. But I think, you know, what's, what's vitally important right now for people is to know that the anxiety that they're feeling, it's, it's all really normal. Um, it's just their, their body and their mind's way of, of assessing what could be a dangerous situation and, and acting accordingly. Um, and again, to stress it, uh, the most important thing right now, I think, for people and the most accessible thing is to be able to reach out uh, into the world in different ways. So maybe avoiding those news stories that you find, oh, that, that's that's getting me a little bit worked up. And rather, instead of that, go for a walk. Find a friend that you can have a conversation with, um, make a meal with your kids, uh, have a have a telephone or a video dinner with your family and friends. Um, those are ways that you get to distract yourself and that you get to be 
a part of the, the world that you live in. And when you're talking about how your life has changed and, and how you're interacting with your clients, and many of us yeah. are working from home or in completely separate uh, rooms in an office building, how important mm-hmm. is it, though our routine has been completely shattered in a sense, but how important is it now to get on a new routine or keep what we can? Look, uh, you know, I, I laugh about it with, uh, with my wife. She's also a therapist. Um, and while we're doing these video sessions with people, we're aware that there are people working from home and, uh, from the bottom down, they're in their pajamas. Yeah. So, <laughs> so exactly. get dressed, get dressed, have a shower, go for a walk, do these things that are part of your normal everyday life routine. Um, it's so easy, I think, to get, to get bogged down, um, when, when we don't have routine. So establishing a routine, establishing some structure in our life, it's so important right now. Um, it'll just make us feel like we're active. That's where we want to be. We want to activate our minds. We want to activate our bodies. We want to we stay uh, physically active. Um, even though we're limited, we want to be uh, engaged in the world as, as much as possible um, as, as looks normal to us. One of the points of anxiety that I know I'm feeling is the different levels of seriousness people are taking the disease and the spread of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm talking, uh, certainly in, in my world, it tends to be younger folks, those teens that don't get it. And, you know, we know the teens generally believe they're uh, invincible. But yeah. but having the conversations of, no, you... you you can't go out and know it's not safe to go visit your pal and it's mm-hmm. not safe for your girlfriend to come over. It, mm-hmm. we're, we're on lockdown. Uh, how do you explain it to those who, who just don't get it? You know, the unfortunate thing is either they're going to get it or they don't. Mm. Um, we hope they do. We, we understand uh, just uh, being educated by our own ministries of health or governments who are telling us, like, this is how serious it is. Um, so I, I can appreciate the frustration that anyone would have when someone's not getting it. Um, what do we tell them other other than, you know, what, what they should already know? Um, yeah, I wish I had the answer for that. Mm. I, I, I share that, that same frustration with you. Um, my mother-in-law lives uh, next door to us. Um, she's She's older, so we're concerned about her health, and, and that's part of our own anxiety. Right. She's fine. She keeps herself uh, physically active, and, and she's always connected with her friends and her, and her family. Um, but I, I share that same frustration with you, John, in that there are folks out there who aren't considering um, people in our, in our uh, communities who are vulnerable in health, um, and, and we wish they would. But, you know, it's one of those things that this has never happened before in, in, in living memory. Um, so I think it's really easy for those folks that we're alluding to and those kids maybe that we're alluding to who are like, uh, I am invincible. I, I don't fear. I don't see the threat. Um, and that's what I fear is that when they finally do get it, it'll be because they lost someone or they found out that someone very close to them got sick. Um, and that's the shame of it. I hope they get it before then. I'm not sure that I, I've got the answer for that. 
The general key, though, seems to be that the more we talk about it and, and, and talk about our anxiety, whether it's from being cooped up or from catching the disease or spreading the disease, it's all about talking. But not everyone has the opportunity to do that. What do you recommend to those folks who, who don't have friends or relatives that they can reach out to but probably still need to talk about it? You know, I, I think that's probably the biggest threat. Um, is considering people who don't have anyone to talk to, people who are living in isolation. Um, because for them, you know, it's not just the isolation, it's that sense of being, uh, feeling alone too. And their experience would be this heightened sense of unsafe, uh, of feeling unsafe. Um, now, there are other resources. Number one, if they're really concerned about uh, the, the experiences that they're having in their mental health, um, first point of contact if you don't have those friends and family to reach out to is call your doctor um they might not have all the time for you but they'll have additional resources um i'm also aware that there's um uh, the georgian bay family health team located in collingwood they provide um free services i, I think 10 sessions um so reaching out to them. I believe you can self-refer. Um, and if you can't, then your doctor probably could refer you to see uh, a therapist at the Georgian Bay Family Health Team. Um, yeah, uh, uh, calling other therapists if that's available to you. But, but really, you have to put in that effort to really reach out. Peter, if people have questions that we haven't covered with you that they'd like to relate to, and I'm going to also uh, tell the audience that we're going to have you back to talk about specific things. And if people have specific questions they'd like us to air in our next discussion with you, Peter, we're going to ask them to go to general at thepeakfm.com. Send us an email. Uh, let us know. Uh, give us a question for Peter Medora, a psychotherapist, that, that you might have. Uh, but in the meantime, people can reach out to you at your website, right? Sure. Uh, if, if they like to reach out to me, uh, my website is p medore m a d o r e psychotherapy dot com. That's peter p medore psychotherapy dot com. Peter Medore, thank you so much for joining us here on Talk at the Town, and stay well. My pleasure, John. Thanks, thanks, John. Thanks, Mel.